I would like you to notice with me five, four great Bible facts. Number one, there are conditions to answered prayer. John chapter 15, verse 7. Number two, there are limits to the things we have a right to pray for. The same chapter and verse, John 15, verse 7. The third fact is, God does not wait for us to fulfill the conditions to answered prayer before he comes to our rescue. John chapter 5, verses 1 to 14. And number four is, every condition to answered prayer that we fulfill is the result of the Lord himself doing this in our lives for us. That would be Acts chapter 5, verse 31, and Romans chapter 12, verse 3, as examples of this. For many, many years, I had the impression that before God could come to my rescue, I had to fulfill special conditions to answered prayer. And it sounds reasonable, but I wish you to notice with me, friends, that while there are conditions to answered prayer, according to John chapter 15, verse 7, it says, if you abide in me, there's the if, also, and while there are limits to what we can pray for, the same chapter and verse says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, which means we must limit our requests to what God has promised. Still, God answers through his infinite grace our requests again and again and again, though we're totally undeserving and we failed miserably in fulfilling the conditions. In John chapter 5, verses 1 to 14, we find recorded the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus healed him right on the spot. He presented to him no conditions to answered prayer. But after he'd healed him, the 14th verse finds Jesus in the temple with him, then instructing him regarding conditions to answered prayer. The reason is simple. This man could not possibly do what Jesus told him to do in the 14th verse until he received the power of God, which was manifested to him in verses 1 to 13. This is true of the conditions to answered prayer. When my wife and I were learning the science of prayer some 27 years ago, we decided that we would share this wonderful science with people everywhere. But immediately we were confronted with the idea of how can people expect answers to prayer if they ignore the conditions? And as we prayed about the conditions to answered prayer, we discovered, we discovered that every condition to answered prayer is a gift from the hand of our wonderful Savior. For instance, people come to us and they say, oh, I don't have the faith to have answers to prayer. Therefore, I haven't fulfilled the condition. They forget that Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, God has already dealt to us a measure of faith. All we have to do is activate that faith that he's given. And the activation process comes by his power, not ours. Then there are people who say, well, if I regard iniquity in my heart, 
the Lord will not hear me. I must first repent of cherished iniquity. And as we studied it prayerfully, we came across this very simple promise. Acts chapter 5, verse 31. Him, Christ, hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance. Repentance is not something that we have to work up ourselves. It is a free gift from the hand of our Savior. Aren't you glad for it? Uh, someone said, but look, the Bible says that unless we obey him, we will not get answers to prayer. My friends, I want you to notice again from John's record, John chapter 5, verses 1 to 14. The man that was healed at the pool of Bethesda had not fulfilled a simple condition except the one of faith, and that was built in. He had not decided not to sin. For verse 14, when Jesus met him in the temple, says, At that time Jesus said, Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Repentance and obedience are gifts from the Lord. You'll find that in this marvelous promise of Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes. Obedience to God is a gift from him. It is part of his grace. So it is with every single condition to answered prayer. My beloved friends, don't start stumbling over conditions to answered prayer. Just admit to the Lord as we did that man is absolutely powerless to fulfill these conditions. It is only as God worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure that we can do this. The fish in this nearby creek, which we have been seeing for an hour or more as we have been filming this special program, could not possibly negotiate the current. He could not possibly swim upstream in his own strength. It is a strength given him of his creator. You and I cannot possibly fulfill a condition to answered prayer, except as our Lord gives us a new heart, takes away the stony heart, gives us the obedience of faith, as it is called in the Bible. So, of all the conditions that we have placed in the lesson sets that we have presented to the public, my friends, every one of them is a gift of God's grace. When you and I feel ourselves to be sinners as we really are, and we say, Lord, how in the world can I fulfill these conditions? Never forget Romans chapter 5, verse 20, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Does sin abound in your life? God says, I will, I will cover this sin. I will cancel the power of sin by my infinite, all-powerful grace. Aren't you thankful for it? Let me give you an example. There was a young man in the church of which I was pastor who was working at a hospital. He had a beautiful wife and two lovely children. Working close beside him was a young 19-year-old girl. During their spare time, they joked together, and you've guessed it, it led into familiarity. 
finally, they were infatuated, and he decided that he would divorce his wife and marry the 19-year-old girl. About this time, two of the dedicated workers of our church visited this young man. They presented to him the horrible life that he was living and the judgment that would come upon him, all of which was true. But they didn't present to him the power of God to give him obedience. Consequently, when they returned home, he had no way of knowing how he could obey God. How could he repent of this life of sin? They had never told him that repentance is not merely a condition to answered prayer. It is a free gift from the Lord. Obedience is not merely a condition to a walk with the Lord. It is a free gift of the Lord. So are all the conditions to answered prayer. They are his free gifts. Uh, about two days after these men had visited this young man, I heard about his case. I invited a young minister to attend me as we went to his home, hoping that it would be our privilege to bring him to repentance, which is the free gift of the Lord. As we went down to his home, he was working in his garden. It was almost dark, and we prayed earnestly. I claimed several Bible promises before I visited with him. One was the promise for wisdom, James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God is the promise. I needed wisdom. To help a human soul to take hold of repentance, which is a free gift, requires the wisdom of the Lord. I also claim the promise of the Lord for his soul. I claim the promise found in 1 John 5, 16. It says, if any man see his brother, sin a sin that's not unto death, he may ask and God will give him life. I also claim the promise of Genesis 3.15, where the Lord promises to put a hatred in the human heart for sin in any form. I also claim the promise found in Luke 11.13 for the Holy Spirit. And so the young minister and I visited the young man. He was out working in his garden just in back of the house. As I was saying, uh, the shadows of evening were just beginning to gather. We saw his wife in the kitchen looking out upon us as we were there in the garden with her husband. As we asked, believed, and claimed God's promise for wisdom and for his salvation, the Lord impressed us to, to approach him kindly. I said, Brother, we haven't come to scold you. I wouldn't for the world offend you but I've been learning of a new kind of prayer. And we have something fabulous to present to you. We want to explain to you how the Lord will help you to completely fall out of love with that young woman and give you a happy home again. And I had no sooner than finished that statement than the young man looked at me and he said, Pastor, no, you're not offending me. I know you're coming to see me because of your concern and of your love for me. But, Pastor, to be perfectly frank with you, just like you've been frank with me, I don't want to fall out with the young, of love with the young lady. At that instant, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. So I darted a prayer to heaven again for wisdom, and the Lord darted into my mind 
the promise found in Philippians 2.13. It is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How could this young man ever make it against the current of evil? How could he ever desire to be set free? Unless the Lord worked in him as he did in that salmon. And so I darted a prayer to God saying, Lord, you've promised to work in him both to will and to do of your good pleasure. And I asked and I believed and I thank God I'd received in a lightning-like darted prayer to heaven. Inside of five minutes, the young man smiled into my face. He said, you know, something has happened. I am willing to break up. But he said, I, I'm going to be honest with you. The young lady will never break up. I said, why do you say that? He said, because I had intimated to her after the men came to see me the other day. I had intimated that perhaps we should break up. And she said to me, if we break up, I will commit suicide. So she will never break up. I replied, brother, she will break up. She will break up tonight. As we go to see her, she will break up. Now, I would like to say parenthetically, friends, that I had placed a deadline on the answer. I've only done that, to my knowledge, five times in 50 years in the ministry. So it is not something that you and I have a right to do, except the Holy Spirit impresses us specifically to do it. He impressed me that night specifically to set a special deadline. I said, we'll go down to see her. She was living about 15 miles away. She will break up. He said, how in the world do you dare to say that? I said, you know why I dare to say it? Because God has said that it is he that leads us to repentance. Acts 5.31 says, repentance is a gift. She doesn't work up repentance. God gives her repentance. No condition to answered prayer is worked up from the human heart. It's a gift bestowed by our Creator Redeemer. Well, he said, I'll go down with you. But he said, I want to assure you right now that she will never, never break up. I said, yes, she will. And I smiled broadly. And he continued to say, she won't. I continued to smile back, she will. He said, what will you do if she doesn't? I said, I will take all the blame. I will not condemn you. I will not find fault with you. I will not belittle you because God is going to do it. So we jumped in the car, the young minister, the young man and I. We went down to the place. When we arrived there, since we talked for some period of time with the young man before we started, of all things, the entire family had retired. The lights were out in the house. And this was the first sign that I'd had since we jumped in the car that the young man was weakening. He said, oh, they've gone to bed. But friends, don't forget the three-part prayer. We ask, we believe, and we return thanks to God that we have received before we have any external sign whatsoever. So when he said, oh, they've gone to bed, I said, they'll wake up. And I bounded out of the car. I ran up on the porch. I knocked at the door. And as I knocked, I claimed another promise. Lord Jesus, you've said, knock and the door shall be opened. I ask, I believe, and I thank you this door is going to be opened. I darted this prayer like lightning to heaven. 
I heard a gruff voice inside saying, Who is there? It was the voice of her father. I thought I noticed that he was frightened. Maybe some robber had approached the door. So I quickly replied, A couple of, our, of us ministers are here, sir, with a young man with whom your daughter is acquainted, and we have come to straighten out this problem. He shot back the answer, she's gone to bed. Now, don't forget the three-part prayer. You not merely ask, but you believe and you thank God you've received. So I said, she'll wake up. So he called through and he said, Alice, are you willing to wake up? She said, yes, Daddy. I said, thank you, Lord. So far, so good. In a few moments, she had dressed sufficiently to come outdoors. She came down to the car. She sat in the car with us. Three of us men with that precious child of God who had stumbled and fallen, but she was still God's child. And then again, I darted a prayer to heaven claiming those promises that God would not merely bring repentance. He'd put a hatred for that sin in their lives and he would save them. And the Lord impressed me to speak very kindly, very tenderly, as though the Lord were saying, Glenn Coon, this lady has fallen, but she's still my child. I've not turned away from her. I'm in the process of giving her repentance, treat her as my princess. And so I spoke kindly. I put all the sweetness in my voice that I could as I turned to her with a broad smile and I said, we have come in the interest of the young man's home. He has a lovely wife and two beautiful children. And we wondered if in the interest of this home, would you, and I weighed my words and I modulated my voice, would you be willing to break up friends? No sooner were those words out of my lips than the young woman replied, yes, sir. The young man almost went into shock. As I turned in his direction, if my memory serves me correctly, his mouth opened like a trap door. And if I looked in the direction of the young ministers, I think I did, his mouth opened. I believe if they had looked in my direction, they'd have seen a look of astonishment on my countenance. The answer had come so rapidly that we could hardly credit it. And so I turned to her and I said, tell me, you've said this so quickly. Uh, when did you make this decision? She said, I made this decision before you ever arrived. You did? When did you make this decision? Oh, she said, maybe an hour or so ago. She said, a very strong impression came upon me suddenly. You break up. I'll give you the strength to break up. I'll give you the power to quit this sin. And she said, I turned and I looked up in the face of my Lord and I said, Lord, thank you for giving me the power to break up. I shall do it by your grace. This was an hour or so before you ever arrived. In my heart, I was saying, praise the Lord. God gave her repentance. God gave her hatred for sin. These are conditions to answer prayer, but these are God's precious gifts. We don't work up the fulfillment of conditions. If we could, it would be legalism. 
we could work our way into heaven without a Savior. So, my dear friends, you don't have to think in terms of, I must fulfill the conditions. God in me will do it. It is God that worketh in you, both to will and to do, of his good pleasure. Again, I think of that salmon. It thrilled my soul as I saw his splash in this nearby creek as he was negotiating the current that was against him. But friends, I praise the Lord as that young woman negotiated the power of evil against her as she moved onward and forward, and even the young man began to weaken. And he said, I've loved you for a long while. Think of how she faced the current. She said, but we're through. He said, but it's been sincere. She said, I know it, but we're through. He said, if you ever need me, let me know. She didn't need him. So we prayed and thanked the Lord. She got out of the car and he said, let's go up to the house. They rushed up to the house and he tried then to convince her not to break up. Talk about the current that was opposed to her. Talk about the power of God that worked in her, both the will and to do. He came back to the car and he said, she has decided. We, All of us started back home. On the way home, I just almost smothered him with the promises of God. God is working in you and her, brother. You're going to be a tremendous soul winner, brother, for it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. When we arrived at home, he went in the other room, called his wife from her sleep. She came out in the front room. We knelt together. We dedicated the home to the Lord. There was established a happy home. Sometime later, my wife and I started our traveling ministry. And one day we received a long-distance call from this young man. Pastor Kuhn, in your travels, will you be coming anywhere near our church? I said, I don't have it on the itinerary. Why are you asking? Well, he said, I am now the youth leader of the church, and I would so love to have you speak to our young people. My friends, it seemed like my heart almost leaped out of my chest. Here was a young man who had been used by Satan. He had gone downstream by the current of evil, and then the Lord came along and fulfilled his promises and made him a power for good in the service of Jesus Christ. Friends, what the Lord Jesus Christ did for that young man and that young lady, he will do for you and for me, for God is no respecter of persons. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.